Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. Let me tell you something today. You may have enemies as you follow God. When you choose to serve God, there may be things that come against you. There may be people that try to entrap you. There may be people that try to ensnare you. But if God be for you, who can be against you? You have nothing to fear. Amen. You walk out into the battle and you take care of the business God has called you to. And God will give you the victory. Jeremiah said as the Lord moved upon him to write so that those of us that are alive today would have it and have the advice from Jeremiah when he said the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah is sending a shot across the bow to us today that are alive in this generation. Don't you listen to your heart. Don't you pay attention to what your heart says. Your heart will lie to you. Your heart will deceive you. Never before in my lifetime can I remember a time where we had to cancel church due to a pandemic or anything else of that nature. But here we are doing things a little bit differently serving the same God God has not changed (laughs) God has not changed and just because your circumstance may have changed or the way that we have to do church may have changed for a little while does not mean that God has changed he's the same God that he was pre-COVID-19 and he'll be the same God after pre-COVID after COVID-19 amen I'm going to worship him I'm going to worship him with everything that I have to give him. I want to give it to him. Every opportunity that I have to give him praise. While you're standing today, grab your Bibles. So thankful for those that are joining us online today. We have several uh, families that are due to health issues and not able to gather together and crowds and so we're glad and we just want to say welcome to you today and so many visitors that have joined us online over the past few months uh, if we were to somehow get a count I, I'm sure that it would look, look very good and although I realize that not everyone watches the entire service uh, if even 10% of them do <laughs> that's an amazing thing and so we're grateful for everyone that gives us Uh, some of your valuable time out of your life i promise you the word of god will not ever be wasted time anytime you've ever come to church and you've sat and listened to the word of god or you've lifted your hands and worshiped to god it's never wasted time amen the world may see it as wasted just as they looked upon the woman with the alabaster box and they said what a waste but jesus looked at it completely different than the world looked at it Amen. What we're doing here today is valuable. Not just valuable for the moment in which we live, although it is that, but it's also valuable for our future and our future that reaches into eternity. Amen. When the day comes when I stand before the Lord, I don't ever want to have to hang my head in shame and say, you know, I took advantage of opportunity after opportunity, but I never I never gave you the worship that, that you were due. I want to give him what is rightfully his if he died for me surely i can live for him praise god second samuel chapter six and it was told king david saying the lord hath blessed the house of obed edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of god So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. 
and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. <laughs> Quite a party that they're having. All of Israel showed up, or so it would seem. Everybody that was somebody was on the streets that day as they walked and they carried what they had longed for for so long, which was the Ark of the Covenant being brought back into the city of David. And now the long-awaited day had come and the city was rejoicing and David was right there with them. Bible tells us there was one who was not amongst the crowd that day and as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David Michael Saul's daughter looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord and she despised him in her heart I would just like to preach to you a message today that I have entitled Saul's daughter or David's wife. Saul's daughter or David's wife. You may be seated today. The relationship that David and Saul had was not your typical relationship. It was one that was most tense, had a lot of complications. Probably if I were to really delve into it completely, I would have to say that it was one of the most complicated and tense relationships recorded in the Word of God. And what I find so sad about this story as it develops is that there could have been such a great relationship between Saul and David had there not been a spirit of jealousy allowed into the heart of Saul, who was then presently the king of Israel towards David. If you look at David and the way that he felt about Saul, you'll see a a young man that was loyal and dedicated and loving towards Saul, willing to serve in whatever capacity that he was called upon to serve. You'll find times when David would play his harp just to calm the spirit of evil that had come over Saul. There's something about music that is played by someone who is anointed by God that has a way of changing the very atmosphere in a room. You know, there's a lot of people that have tried to duplicate what you feel when someone who is anointed stands to a, a pulpit and grabs a microphone or sets down a, a musical instrument and get, begins to play or sing. There's an anointing that you cannot mimic from, the, uh, from anything from this world. There, there's an anointing that comes only from God. And David would play before Saul and Saul would calm down a little bit. And there could have been such a great relationship here between David and Saul because David was loyal and David was dedicated and David was loving. But Saul was eaten up with jealousy and it seemed that anything that David did, Saul just deemed as a threat against him as the king of Israel. After all, everybody loved David. It was no secret that this little shepherd boy that had started out watching and tending his father's flock had now become a, a, a national hero. Everybody knew David's name. It was a household name. It was a name that was whispered in every home in Israel. Did you hear about David? What David? The David that slew Goliath. The David that brought a great victory to our nation. Even Saul's own daughter, Michael, loved him, the Bible tells us. Michael loved David, and Saul 
hated him. Saul was eaten up with jealousy over David and David's success. I can imagine Saul just wanted to go one day without hearing the name David. If I could just sit down in peace. And the one place that he could maybe sometimes go to was back home and gather his wife and his children around and sit down for supper. All Saul wants to do is talk about his day. He wants to tell his wife, you know, what he's accomplished this day and how things went around the palace and what royal decree maybe he's signed and what victory maybe he's accomplished. And he starts the conversation off talking about his day and what he has accomplished. But all of a sudden, without fail, Michael has to blurt out the name David. All she can think about is David and Saul saying to himself can I not escape this kid can I not get away from him am I destined to hear his name again is there no escape it was driving him mad Saul was so twisted with jealousy that it began to dement his thinking so much so that he even offered his youngest daughter Michael to David as a wife but not because he wanted David as a son-in-law and not because he wanted to please his beautiful daughter but because he thought that by giving David a certain exercise that he should do a challenge that he was supposed to go into Philistine territory and bring back an exacted price from his enemies that he thought surely David will either say no and go away or David will be killed trying to do what I have told him he must do in in order to take my daughter Michael as his wife but to Saul's surprise David not only goes out into Philistine enemy territory and comes back with the price that Saul demanded but he comes back with double what Saul had demanded further enraging this man who would be his father-in-law one day first Samuel 18 and 20 tells us and Michael Saul's daughter loved David, and they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. But it was a wicked grin that came across the face of this jealous man. It was an evil thought that pleased him as he thought about the man that he was so eaten up with jealousy over. Because he thought to himself, I'll ensnare him, I'll trap him, and it won't be long before the kid that everybody talks about is dead and in the grave, and he'll be a long ago thought that, that people will just put them out of their mind, and I won't have to hear his name any longer. Saul said, I'll give him her that she may be a snare to him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. But God had other plans for his child. God had other plans for the young man who was after God's own heart. Let me tell you something today. You may have enemies as you follow God. When you choose to serve God, there may be things that come against you. There may be people that try to entrap you. There may be people that try to ensnare you. But if God be for you, who can be against you? You have nothing to fear. Amen. You walk out into the battle and you take care of the business God has called you to. And God God will give you the victory because God has a plan for your life. David comes back. He said, I've not only brought you what you asked for, I've brought you double what you asked for. And the next thing we see, instead of Saul planning a funeral, planning to attend the funeral of David. He's planning David's marriage to his daughter. Things have taken a turn for the worse for Saul. What he thought to do to be evil towards David, God turned it into good. There's a marriage that's going to take place. Everybody knows 
about it. Everybody wants to be involved in it. Everybody wants to see it. Everybody wants to be there. After all, this is the national hero, the shepherd kid that did well for himself, the shepherd kid that went out and slayed the giant, and he's marrying Israel's first king's beautiful daughter. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? I've heard of family troubles before, but this one topped the charts. <laughs> There's some major issues going on in this family that the common person walking the streets doesn't understand, but it's there and it's very real. Saul is king. David just wants to serve. Saul wants David dead, but now Saul's daughter, Michael, falls in love with David. you got to admit that Michael is in the middle of a big mess right here. She's torn between two men. Both of them she loves. She loves Saul as her father, who is also her present king. But now her heart also is torn away and has fallen towards David, who is the national hero, who everybody loves, who will one day be king. She's in love with David, but she feels like she's betraying her own father. Now, I've got a good relationship with my father-in-law, but I can't imagine the first time that I showed up to date my then wanting to be my girlfriend. You know, I wasn't even a girlfriend thing then. It was just like, hey, let's try this out. Well, I'll take her out and let's see if she even is interested. You know, I, I figure I got about a 80-20 chance, 80% she's going to throw me to the curb and about 20% chance I can buffalo her for a few days and, and, you know, maybe I can say the right things. You know, I'm just this young, dumb kid with nothing, no Two nickels rubbed together, don't have a good job, don't, don't have a nice car. I'm driving around in a, a 15, 20-year-old car that, that I thought was cool because I had it all jacked up in the back with air shocks bouncing down the highway to go see my girlfriend. I had, had a white fur in, in the headliner, and I thought I was cool, man. Yeah. I just lost about 50% more of your respect right there. I, I can feel it. I'm doing the best I knew how to do. But I can't imagine had I walked in the first day to, to meet her and to pick her up. I didn't know what to expect. I knew this guy had grown up in a rough and tumble area. That, that, that was her dad, and he owned a business, and he had his act together. And here I am wanting to come date his daughter and don't have anything to offer. I mean, I don't know if the guy's going to uh, walk up and, and shake my hand or slug me in the, in the jaw and tell me to get out of town. But I can't imagine if my, the guy that I was planning on marrying his daughter wanted to kill me. This is what David was dealing with. But more than David, this is what Michael was caught up in the middle of. She's the daughter of Saul. And she becomes the wife of David. How do you balance that relationship? A relationship like that is only going to end up badly. It can only wind up in disaster. Let me tell you why. See, God will allow you and even desires for you to have relationships while you're alive on this earth. You can have relationships with people. You can have friends. You can have friends at school. You can have co-workers that you like. You can have, you can fall in love and marry a, a woman or, or a man and, and, and have that relationship. You can have children that you, that you love. You can, you can wind up by having, uh, that crazy uncle that comes over to all the gatherings together and you've known him since you were very little and bounced on his knee and he's the wild and crazy one, you know, that takes you out on the jet ski when you're only three years old and, and, and 
pushes you higher than your mom wants you to go in the swing. He does all that crazy stuff when nobody's looking. And he's the, he's the one that's all the fun. And you can love him and have a great relationship with him. And God said, oh, that's okay. I'm okay with that. That's, that's what I've designed you. He that wants friends must show himself friendly, right? God wants you to have relationships with people. You can love the people that are around you. You can love the people that are in your life. You can have dozens, even hundreds of people in your life, but you can only have one king. That's the one thing that God will not tolerate. That's the one thing that he will force you to make a choice on. I'm glad God allowed me to marry this wonderful lady. I'm glad God gave me uh, three beautiful children. I'm glad I have two sons-in-laws and, and a daughter-in-law that, that we can have together. I'm glad my mother is still in my life. I'm glad that I had all these relationships. I'm glad for everything that I have in my life and all the friendships and the relationships. But there comes a time when I can only serve one king and Jesus Christ. Christ wants to be that king of your life. He'll not step aside for another. You will choose which king you will serve. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Choose you this day whom you will serve. So what are you going to do now, Michael? Who are you going to choose? Because you're going to have to choose between these two men. Somebody's going to die, and you might be one of them if you don't get yourself out of this mess. How are you going to navigate between the two men in your life that mean more than anything else in the world to you? Your father who raised you, who bounced you on his knee, who rocked you to sleep when you were a child. He's the king of Israel, but now you've fallen for another man who God's anointing is upon, who chases after God. And you can see your father slipping spiritually a little bit. And David is obviously being anointed by the Holy One of Israel. Who are you going to turn to? Who are you going to choose? And she finds herself in a place where she had to figure out who she would pledge her allegiance to. Do I follow daddy? Do I remain the daughter of Saul who is leading us away from God? Who I've watched him as he's gone and done things that have been displeasing to God and gone against the word of God and the man of God in his life. He's kind of going his own way and we're starting to pay the price for his disobedience. But he's my father. Or do I follow this man who's now under the anointing of the Holy Ghost? who's following after God, who's leading us in a proper way, who has the heart of a shepherd and a servant. But that's about all he's got. Daddy's got the palace. Daddy's got the fine food. And all David can offer me is a life on the run. And I can go with David and run and be in the will of God with the man of God, the man that God has chosen, or I can stay here with the comforts of the palace and the protection of my father. What are you going to do, Michael? Which king are you going to serve? Now, it would seem obvious to us today what the correct, correct answer should be. But our heart can be misleading. <laughs> Hear me this morning. Listen to me when I tell you your heart will lie to you. Your heart will tell you things 
that are not factual and are not truthful. They simply are things that will seem pleasing to you at the moment that it's speaking. Jeremiah said, as the Lord moved upon him to write so that those of us that are alive today would have it and have the advice from Jeremiah when he said, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah is sending a shot across the bow to us today that are alive in this generation. Don't you listen to your heart. Don't you pay attention to what your heart says. Your heart will lie to you. Your heart will deceive you. There's an old saying. Most of you probably have heard it. People say it when they just want to please you for the moment. They'll say, well, just follow your heart. That's a lie. That's dangerous. They're basically telling you, well, why don't you just do whatever pleases you right now? What is it that you really are wanting? What is it that you want to see happen right now? Just do whatever pleases you. Do whatever makes you feel good. Follow your heart. But the problem with that is, is your heart will lead you to places that will destroy you. You're better off not to listen to your heart. And that's why David said, I'm a man after God's own heart. I don't trust my own. I need God's heart. I don't trust what my heart says. I need to hear what God's heart wants for my life. Yeah. Your heart is not trustworthy. You listen to your heart and you'll wind up broken. You'll wind up despondent. And while Michael should have been completely committed to David, she's now his wife. There was a part of her that clung to her father. She had to decide. She needed to decide, but she chose to try to balance between two kings. Listen to me today. You will never be able to balance between two masters. You will never be able to serve two kings because this world will try to rule you and God reaches out his hand and says, don't listen to the world. Follow me. You come and follow me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. When you try to serve both God and the world, it will destroy you every time. You can't be both Saul's daughter and be David's wife. You got to choose. Not as long as both are kings. There's only one throne, and it's not a two-seater. There's only one who sits on the throne. Yes. Only one. You can't worship two kings. You can't serve two kings. Michael balances for a while. She's in love with David, but she doesn't want to betray her father, even though she knows he's slipping. He's not going in the right direction. He's wrong, but he's relentless. Jealousy is relentless. She even helps David escape from certain death one time when they're together in the room and she gets word that her father's guard is coming after David. They're going to kill him right there, right there in front of her. She can't bear the thought. And so she grabs a, a statue and puts it underneath the covers where David would be. And she helps David get out the window. And instead of following him and leaving with her husband, leaving with the newfound king, the anointed one, she stays behind and she throws David under the bus, which is the first sign that she's really beginning to slip, that she's starting to make her choice. They come in, and Saul says, why did you help him? She said, I didn't help him. He threatened to, he threatened to kill me if I didn't help him get out the window. He threatened to kill me. 
which makes Saul despise him that much more. So she stays behind with daddy. And she fabricates a lie about her husband. You fast forward for the sake of time. A lot of things happen in between there that follow suit just like you would think they would. Saul's now dead. He's died on a battlefield, lost, backslidden state. His sons have died on that, in that battle with him. David is now king, and Michael is remarried because Saul allowed her to be married to someone else after he felt like David had threatened to kill her. He gave her away. But one of the first things that David does, he comes back in. He's now the anointed king. Everybody knows it. He says, I want Michael back. I want my wife back. You see, we've gone through a lot over the years, and there's been a lot of things that have taken place through the years, and she's been stuck between two opinions. You know, she she needed to come with me, but she chose to stay behind with her father, and maybe David even understood a little bit the difficulty that Michael was in trying to choose, and so he comes back with this attitude that maybe we can work this out. Maybe the, now that that Saul is dead, her daddy is dead, she won't have to choose between us anymore. It'll be very obvious that I am now her king. He's willing to let bygones be bygones, and he says, there's bloodshed so that she could be my wife. What he had to do to get her to be his wife, took the shedding of blood. And if that doesn't sound familiar to you, you don't know the story of Calvary very well. Because there was another bride that was purchased with blood that we are a part of. David's thinking to himself, maybe now we can have the relationship that we've always wanted. Now she doesn't have to choose anymore. But what he finds when he gets back is the woman that he left that night when he jumped out the window and she helped him escape. And maybe she gave him one final kiss as she stayed behind and tried to make things right with her father is not the same woman that he's coming back to when he calls to have her brought back before him to the palace. Something's happened. Something's changed. Maybe he doesn't quite know what it is. But there's a coldness and there's a distance that's between them. Who knows? Maybe he allowed for a little bit of time thinking, well, she's lost her father. Maybe she's still in the grieving process. Maybe she blames me a little bit. And maybe uh, I can't blame her for blaming me. You know, uh, uh, maybe we should have never got into this relationship, but we were so in love. And, and maybe David's thinking that given a little bit of time, we can, we can work this out. But something's different. She's not the same. Finally, the day comes. It's a wonderful day, or it should be anyway. It's a wonderful day for the nation of Israel, and it's a wonderful day for David because the ark is coming back into the city of Jerusalem. They're marching six paces, and they sacrifice six paces, and they sacrifice, and as that ark comes back in, the whole town is turned out for it. Amen. Everybody's in the streets. This is the parade of the century that's taking place because we are watching the Spirit of God be brought back into our city. We're watching as the ark of the covenant that has been blessing Obed-Edom, now it can be brought back to its rightful place. It's a wonderful time of celebration and everybody's out there and they're waving their banners and they're dancing in the street and the, the trumpets are blowing and David the king is out in the midst of all of it with the entire nation minus one 
Because while the entire nation is rejoicing about the Spirit of God, which brings liberty and peace and victory and everything that is good and holy and righteous and blessings are, are abundant when the, when the Ark of the Covenant is there, while everybody else is rejoicing, there is a woman standing up in the room, peering out the window, peeking past the curtain, and she's not so happy. She doesn't share in the joy. There's no smile on her face. No, there is a bitterness that is in her heart for what she once loved. She is now despising. I can imagine if there were any onlookers as they looked over towards her and saw the look on her face, they would probably say something along the lines of, I never realized how much Michael looks like her father Saul. But it wasn't in the way she looked as, as much as it was in the attitude that she carried. Because you see, Michael had finally chosen which king she was going to serve. She's up in the window filled with contempt for the man that she once loved. No longer is she undecided about who her king is. It's obvious who she's chosen. I find it strangely telling in verse 16 as our music comes today. The Bible says, and as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David. Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window. Not Michael, David's wife. Michael, Saul's daughter. It had become very apparent to the writer of who she had pledged her allegiance to of which king she had chosen to serve. You see, while she could have been both a daughter and a wife, it destroyed both because she wouldn't choose which one would be her king. And when she finally did choose, she chose the wrong one. Bible says that she saw David leaping and dancing before the Lord. He wasn't he wasn't out at a disco disco bar. <laughs> the BGs weren't playing in the background. He wasn't out at a local nightclub. They were having church. He wasn't dancing to entertain. He was dancing to worship. Because the Bible says that he was dancing before the Lord. Everything that he was doing was in honor and reverence and worship to the king that he had chosen to serve. And when she saw them, and this is a telltale sign that somebody has chosen wrong, she saw him worship his king she despised him because of his worship there is a spiritual issue when somebody hates you because you live for God or you worship God don't follow after them don't give in to that you say what David said. He looked at her and said, Honey, it's very apparent to me that we've got some marital issues going on here. But if you think you're going to pressure me into not worshiping my God, if you think you're going to pull that business on me, let me tell you something. 
next time you see me, I'll worship him until I don't just embarrass you, I'll embarrass myself. I'll worship him because he deserves to be worshiped. And it's not about me. And I don't care if I don't look like a king because when I'm in the presence of the king of kings, none of us are kings. He ultimately becomes the king of kings. And David knew whose presence he was dancing in. David's now king, but not hers. Because you can only have one. Hear me. You will choose a king. You will choose to serve something. You will. Everyone does. No one escapes. Everybody has a king. Everybody serves a master. But the beautiful thing is, is God wants you to choose him. And he's made every available opportunity. He has availed it to you. Just as David did. He brings her back. He goes and gets her. He brings her back into the palace. Not as a slave. She was married to another man. He could have done whatever. His, his word was golden. He was king. He could have her slayed if she wanted to. Put her away if he wanted to. But he gave her another chance at being his wife, his bride. He gave her everything. And yet she still rejected him as her king. to the door exhausted from worship <laughs> expecting a smile I'm sure just like any one of us would if we came home with a big day under our belt maybe you made that big sale at work or maybe you got that contract or maybe you got that raise or maybe you just had a great day and things just went uh, swell for you you met somebody that was that was fantastic and had a new friend and you walk through the door you're in a great mood and, and your wife or uh, your spouse is at home and and you walk through that door and, and you're expecting to be greeted with a, a big smile and you're wanting to tell them about everything that happened today man we have a good time down there Oh, you think when I killed Goliath, that was great? That was nothing compared to the party that we just threw for our God down there in the streets. The whole town showed up. The whole nation showed up. We were dancing in the streets. We were worshiping. I'm still feeling the Holy Ghost. And he walks through the door, and instead of getting a kiss or a hug from his wife or another, another good from her that she would maybe say oh I wish I could have been there uh, it was great what a wonderful day it is for you what a great victory it is for you no she looks at him with disgust it's no longer a hidden thing the hope that David had for reconciliation of a relationship that had been under stress for way too long comes to an end because it's very evident to him that she's made her choice I hope we can work this out and I wonder how many times God does that he extends his hand to us and he extends us opportunity and he takes us back and uh, we've gone off and we've messed up and we've done things that are against his word and we've done things to break his heart and, and, and he said before why don't you come with me and instead of going with him and, and maybe being on the run for a little bit and maybe being inconvenienced for a little bit maybe having a lifestyle change a little bit we stay in the comforts of the palace with daddy we stay where the world gives us these creature comforts for a little while but there comes a time when you'll have to choose which king are you going to serve are you going to remain the daughter of Saul or are you going to commit to being David's wife David said it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel I will celebrate before the Lord 
He said, you're upset with me and you hate me. You despise me, but I'm just doing what God called me to do. God chose me. And if God chose me, Michael, you can't stop it. It's not my fault that your father wouldn't allow me to serve him. I would have just as soon stayed a servant. I would have just as soon went about my business and let him remain the king. I wished him no ill will. I had opportunity to kill him, but I left him alone because he was God's anointed. This is not my doing, Michael. This is God's doing. Why are you hating on me like you are? said I can see you've made your choice the saddest thing that I've heard in this entire story is that Michael the daughter of a king who became the wife of a king with the rest of her days barren what the one of the first signs of a of a church that has chosen the wrong king is barrenness when a church starts getting satisfied and comfortable in the palace instead of following after the man of God that wants to take them out the window I know honey I don't have much to offer you right now but you just wait why don't you come with me and David I'm sure he's like if you just come with me one day I'll bring you back to this place one day we can come back here but she chose to stay behind don't choose to stay behind when Jesus Christ comes back and takes his bride his chosen people He's coming back, and he could come back at any moment. Don't stay behind for the comforts of a few years, a few moments, when God's wanting to give you the pleasures of all eternity in a place he's prepared for us. Would you stand with me today? What she once loved. hated because of her hatred caused her to be barren wasn't that David didn't try wasn't that David didn't give her opportunity she simply chose the wrong king would you bow your heads right now ask you the question because right now things are different you're not coming to church as much as we normally did oh I know you're getting a little you're getting some online on Wednesday and and, and there's some things taking place and you're coming to church you know on Sundays and but but things are different if you want the opportunity to stay behind it, it's it's being made available to you and maybe what God has to offer you right now may be a an inconvenience may cost you a few creature comforts. But rest assured, even though it may seem like he's on the run at the moment, his kingdom is a kingdom that's going to last forever. Which king will you serve? Are you going to be Saul's daughter? watch him die on a hill and watch his kingdom crumble and fade until it's nothing more than a story to be told of what not to do are you going to choose David are you going to choose the king whose reign will be forever your choice is should be quite simple today. Wherever you're at, why don't you just sit down, kneel, stand, whatever you want to do. But I'm asking you to ask yourself, 
which king am I serving? I'm asking you to ask yourself honestly, is there some barrenness in my life? Is there some things that are going on where I should be making some headway right now, but coming up empty? Maybe you're serving the wrong king. I've got good news for you right now. The king is still extending his hand to you. He's still got his hand outstretched to you. It's not too late as of this moment. Because you He's stepping through a window. He's asking you today, will you come with me? It may be a place of uncertainty for you for a moment. It may be a place where I don't have a whole lot to offer you in the in the in the moment that's taking place right now. I don't have a whole lot to give you. But if you can look into the future, it's a little ways down the road. You'll see that it's worth abandoning. King Saul and going with the one who wants to be your husband the one who wants you to be his bride choose you this day I can't choose for you you have to make your own decision if David could have chosen for Michael he would have but he couldn't choose all he could do was give her opportunity and I can't choose for you and God won't choose for you you have to make the decision on your own today but I am encouraging you I am begging you I am pleading with you choose David choose Jesus choose the things of heaven choose the things that are spiritual and walk away from those things that are carnal they are pleading and they are temporary at best one day there will be nothing more than ashes Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.